tasks you 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 are generally tasked within the scope of your job to work along um, with public universities in particular, but also not forgetting Tivit colleges and so on. How has that man? How have you managed to control that now or from now on? Well, we just came out of a webinar right now. I was at NICD, which is non, which is our National Institute of Communicable Diseases. Uh, we had a joint seminar with all our universities and TVET colleges, uh, training them, preparing them around the coronavirus, education, um, understanding about what decisions we need to make, how we need to make those decisions, um, explaining and, and preparing our institutions of higher learning, universities and TVET colleges around uh, this coronavirus. Um, are we prepared? What preparations we need to make sure? Um, right from suspected cases, testing of suspected cases, quarantine, self-isolation, residence program, about our young students mm-hmm. when they come back to classes, uh, disinfection, uh, making our environment safe. Uh, we had a very robust um, web discussion with all our institutions of higher learning, with all our universities and all our TVET colleges, uh, and with NICD, and of course ask, answering all the difficult challenges that we are facing and finding out solutions of how we can then find ourselves in a state where we can really find ourselves to save ourselves and our communities. I can understand the amount of pressure that actually goes on with 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 trying to one connect with everyone and actually communicate with everyone at the same time. You touched on on a matter of testing. How has that? How is that going to be rolled out in high institutions of learning? Considering that 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 the majority of what it's there for, which are, which is the students, have been asked to leave, but the remaining staff members, what's going to happen with regards to that? Yeah. So uh, the testing part is uh, we we we're following the NICD guidelines, uh, and we we the testing is absolutely done with if you if you are a state patient or, or uh, a public institution student who cannot afford, then uh, you have to uh, go to our dearest laboratory, which is National Health Laboratory System, uh, which is MHLS. We try to um, we try to um, make sure that we have a proper linkage to service, where we link our students and our staff to the MHLS site, where we can make sure that they are tested uh, and screened. But we only testing uh, the cases that are supposed to be tested. So not everybody can be tested currently in South Africa. There are absolute guidelines for people who need to be tested at this stage, and we're following those guidelines. But we are making those referrals with those proper linkage. If you can afford, then we refer you to a private lab. Lancet, uh, Cat, CatPat, uh, these are few of the types as per the guidelines. So we're waiting for um, NICD to release any rapid testing guidelines or Department of Health. And once the rapid testing comes in place, then we are going to roll out at through our campus clinics, through our campus sites, and see how we can train our healthcare workers to do it. I, I, I completely hear you, and I, I, I would understand that with much planning comes a lot of panic. The myths and stigmas that, 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 that we still have to get rid of within our communities, especially within higher, um, high institutions of learning, can you name a few, just prioritize them, and try and clear them for our listeners? To be very honest, uh, the biggest threat at this moment uh, is uh, fake news. 
You know, um, the, the biggest threat for us is fake news. At this moment, we need to fight all the myths and all the wrong information that is going around. Who can test? Who is uh, uh, who, who is susceptible to this infection? How does the infection spread? So now, very importantly, I wanted to clarify to people that this is spread by a droplet. It is not an airborne disease. It is an airborne disease, but it is spread only via droplets. Means you have to be in contact with somebody who has the infection and has uh, the possibility of spreading the droplets to you. Uh, it is very lethal. There is no doubt. This is much higher uh, infectivity rate than a normal flu. Uh, and we need to be very careful. And that's why distance between people is very critical. Uh, it's important that people maintain um, hygiene, people clean their surfaces, mm -hmm. because the biggest threat for you is when you have your hand and you touch your laptop and the same laptop is touched by somebody else. Or you have your cell phone and your cell phone is also handled by somebody else. Then you're touching the same surface mm. with the same hand. So you need to find ways that you can clean your hand before you touch your hand with your eyes, with your nose and with your mouth. Remember, these are your three big areas that are open and are susceptible for the droplets to go inside. Mm. But uh, this is not spread like um, like in the air, that it's in the air. It's not in the air. It's spread through a droplet in the air between a person to the other person. So distancing between people is the most important factor at this moment. So these are all the myths. Wearing gloves can be more harmful at times because you're wearing the glove, you think you are protecting your skin, but your glove is also touching your eyes, your nose and your mouth. The glove is only a helpful in healthcare settings, where you are in a healthcare worker, where you're touching many patients and sphere. So these are all the myths that are moving around. And we do not want people to stockpile the gloves when our healthcare workers need the gloves. Similarly, face mask. Face mask is, mask is only effective, is only effective if in case you have the infection and you can spread the droplets to other people. At this moment, our healthcare workers need the face mask because they are in the healthcare surroundings. They are in the environment where, where, uh, where they are in close contact with people all the time. So all I'm trying to say is, there's a lot of myths around gloves, lots of myths around masks and other spheres which we need to be clarifying to our, our community and our people. And, and at this moment, a space among people, not shaking hands, uh, making sure that you clean your places, any detol or alcohol or um, any disinfectant can kill this virus from the surface. So cleaning is the most important perspective at this moment. So lots of false information is moving around and we need to stay away from fake news. All right. Thank you so much. I've got three more questions for you. Just the most important one, I think, for us at, at NMU is, is regarding the training of, of, of our ground staff, but also, most importantly, those who handle access areas like our protection services would, would, would require. Have you and the universities that, that you've been communicating with communicated effectively around the training of the staff remaining on our campuses? Please, uh, I will, uh, before I answer that question, I want all the listeners to be reminded it's a new virus. Uh, very little is known about this. We are fighting an enemy we do not know. And every day, there's a new data coming, a new advancement in science. And from there, 
we actually find new guidelines and every day things change. And that is why I'm answering your question because at this stage, we need to continuously capacitate our clinics, our healthcare workers, our staff, uh, our administrators, our management, our academia, our student population continuously because every day there's a new information in the in, in, in coming in and new guidelines are coming for an enemy that is that lethal and an enemy that we don't know much about. So we started with today. We have engaged all our institutions of higher learning through our web-based uh, discussions. Uh, I'm very proud that over 500 healthcare workers of our institutions of higher learning, support staff, student affairs, they joined us from various universities and TVET colleges. We're going to repeat it with NICD uh, next week with more information coming, and we want more people to join it. And we're going to have this series of web uh, telecasts from higher health and NICD continuously for all our institutions of higher learning so that we have an open discussion uh, and continuous training and capacity development for all our staff. And then we're also going to embark on our communication campaign where we're going to start the posters, pamphlets, knowledge generation, peer-to-peer programs, starting on sending sanitizers, sending um, more uh, consumables and commodities that are required at our clinics in campus health, like clinic commodities like masks, um, clinic commodities like uh, uh, other supplies that we need for uh, prevention control uh, that we can supply. Thank you so much for that. Just my second last question to you is regarding social media. How important is social media depending on the fact that most of our learners are at home? But also, how is it? how important is the information that's going to go out and how is it going to go out, especially in remote areas, in the rural areas social, like the Transkai? Social media, media and Transkai, that is where I come from. Rural areas, rural communities, a lot of fake information will quickly go through. Hysteria will come. People will not have the knowledge. Some people might not even know anything till the infection flares up to the level of Italy or other countries in South Africa. So media needs to be responsible. Social media needs to be extremely responsible. People who pass on or forward messages for fun are not allowed to do that. They must read what they are forwarding. They must be responsible people to say there are lives at stake. There are humans involved. Any wrong information can cause a lot of catastrophe for this country. So be responsible. And I think your media houses need to be active to send these messages. Thank you so much. Um, In my last question, I just want to um, briefly and roughly ask you, the 15th of April seems seems far-fetched for, for anyone who doesn't know what's happening. Um, I think also it, it, it raises a panic of will we be ready by the 15th of April when universities come back? If you can roughly answer me at the top of your head, do you think we'll be ready? It, every day changes this epidemic. Uh, we're seeing in every, every part of the world, China is coming out of the epidemic. That's a good news for China. But other countries are entering into the epidemic. So... I can't say, we can't uh, say anything about the 15th of April for now. Uh, For us, that's a deadline date that we should try to overcome this epidemic in South Africa. Uh, But how the community spread will happen, uh, we're going to closely watch. We're going to closely watch on guidelines that are going to change. And I think um, at this moment, it's going to be too too, um, presumptive to talk about things that we don't know what's going to happen in the next week. So I think we're going to take week by week 
And I think that's the right way for South Africa to approach.